Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Welcome back to the 12 Days of Funkmas, where I'm celebrating 1 million downloads of the Functional Nutrition Podcast by re-releasing all of our fan favorites. We have new listeners coming to the show every day. So I want you guys to get the best of the best before we jump into January 2021 with lots of new content. So I'm not shocked that this episode was one of your all-time faves. Healing with Herbs with herbalist Amy McKelvey. She's the CEO of Her Vital Way. I'm going to tell you a lot more about her once we get into the show. She's going to break down the history of herbs. She's going to talk about supplements, dosing for herbs, um, essential oil safety. She's going to talk about supplements and how to make tea infusions. Y'all, I know that you've been making them for two years because you tell me about them all the time based on the information she gave you in this episode a couple of years ago. She'll talk about zinc, copper, herbs for skin, herbs for hormones, herbs for constipation. She gets into it. So I know you'll love her. She, we actually brought her back on the show for episode 36, all about cold and flu prevention. So if you love this episode, you'll probably love that one too. You could just listen to Amy talk all day. Honestly, she's great. And she's doing our giveaway for us. So if you head over to Instagram, we're doing a giveaway today at The Functional Nutritionist, and you're going to get a bundle of Her Vital Way supplements, herbal teas, and tinctures that Amy makes herself. So be sure to check that out. As a reminder, this is an older episode, so if I mention any dates, they're probably not relevant anymore, but the Carb Compatibility Project is starting on January 4th this year, so you can go ahead and sign up for that if you want four weeks of functional medicine and nutrition, dial in your metabolism, beat your brain fog, get out of that energy slump, just really start to eat really well, fuel yourself appropriately. And then your hormone revival, my three-month hormone program begins in February. So we got lots of stuff coming up. And without much further ado, here's Amy. Hey guys, we are back and we've got an interview lined up for you today, which we're very, very excited about. We're interviewing Amy McKelvey. She is the CEO of a supplement company called Her Vital Way, which I'll introduce in a second. But I first want to explain how I met how I met Amy. I was doing like some creepy, weird late night deep dive on the inter on on Instagram, and I stumbled across this 
this brand and I really liked their branding and I like, you know, went down the rabbit hole, went to the website <laughs> and it was a supplement company specifically catered toward women. And I just loved reading about the mission statement and I was like totally hooked on just everything they did. And then Amy and I developed a little bit of a back and forth email relationship and I was like, we need to have her on the show. I mean, we were even just all three of us were talking before we before we started recording and everything she is saying, Kyle and I were like, yep, yep yes, yep. yes, keep talking. <laughs> You're speaking our language. Um, so I'm excited to have you guys learn a little bit from her. Um, so here's, here's a little bit more about Amy. As an integrative herbalist, natural products consultant, and marketing professional, Amy McKelvey has a passion for living with purpose and vitality, coupled with a deep respect for the human body and nature. A graduate of the California School of Herbal Studies, she is now the CEO of Her Vital Way, a wellness brand for women. As an herbal practitioner, Amy's work is focused solely on providing herbal care free of charge to family, friends, and colleagues. Her main mission is to bridge the gap between those who are unfamiliar with or unsure of herbal supplementation and those with practical everyday experience. Amy is a member of the Women's Medicine Collective, American Herbalist Guild, and a mother of two daughters. She and her company have been featured in Shape, Seventeen Magazine, Wonder Wellness Magazine, Vitamin Retailer, Yoga Digest, Natural Practitioner, Natural Solutions, and more. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, Amy, I feel like there's so many things we could talk about today, being a working mom, an entrepreneur, starting your own yeah. business. But I think we'll do our best to stick to herbs and supplements. Because <laughs> we'll do our best because I think your bio hits on a really important point that there are a lot of people out there who are unsure about herbal mm -hmm. supplementation. We get a lot of listener questions, mm -hmm. and we're going to pick through a lot of those today. Um, and wh what we're hoping to do with this show is to offer up folks ways to practically use herbs in their lives and maybe not be so intimidated by them. Mm, absolutely. But um, first, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about herbalism. I mean, you were just talking about the importance of plants and the importance of being outdoors. I think herbs are something that I deeply respect and I've used in my own life for many years, but mm -hmm. also something that I don't fully understand because I haven't received specific formal training around it. And right. I sort of think that's really important when you're working with herbs, especially in a professional capacity, to have that training and that deep understanding. And one thing that Kyle and I want to do with this podcast is to really see and acknowledge where our knowledge gaps are and to bring people onto the show that know more than us and can fill in those gaps. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear about how you became an herbalist, what prompted that, and why you decided to open a company catered specifically towards women's health. Sure. Um, those, are, those are great questions. And first, I just want to say this is, this is a real thrill for me. Um, I don't know how many people actually admit this, <laughs> but this is my first podcast. I talk to people face-to-face um, -face a lot. I do group work with women, and I do presentations, uh, and I've done a lot of interviews but I've never done a podcast. Yay. So Cool. <laughs> so I'm excited. And um, any opportunity I, I can get to talk about herbs, I will say yes to. So even though I was a little bit nervous when you first asked me, I was like, this is what I signed up to do. I've made this my mission, so it's time to start doing it, Amy Beth. <laughs> Kyle, um, isn't it so funny that people get nervous to talk to us? 
Oh, God. It's too, too yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, well, you both have been lovely, so um, the nerves are they're just they're just a small part of what's going on today. Um, I'm mostly just very honored and very excited. Um, so herbs. Uh, I'm on a mission to get everybody comfortable with herbs. I don't want them to be afraid of herbs. I mean, plants are our birthright. You know, um, human beings, we've evolved alongside of plants. Um, herbal traditions go back thousands of years. And it's interesting because the older I get, and I have two teenage daughters now, um, the more I realize that there's this huge disconnect with people and and the earth in general, but specifically with plants and why they're here and, and what they can do for us and the... Um, the love, if you'll go there with me, yeah. <laughs> the love that they're here to offer um, in a sometimes cold, uh, pretty harsh world. So um, when I started, you know, in terms of uh, how herbalism came into my life, that's a very long story. And so I'm going to try to just hit on the key points that I think will be most relevant to your listeners. Um, very, like so many women, I, um, I started out with um, my my first menstrual cycle is incredibly painful, and um, so they were, the cramps were so debilitating that I would curl up in a ball um, near the entrance of our school, and my mom would have to come pick me up. Oh wow! So um, you know, my mom is a gardener. I I you know I have uh, several generations of farmers and gardeners in 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 my family, and so we'd always grown our own food, and we had some herbs in our garden. But to see your daughter in pain was scary for her. And she did what most moms would do. She took me to the doctor, an allopathic, you know, doctor at an HMO. And that doctor said to me, you know, this is normal, and we're going to put you on birth control pills, and they're going to regulate, you know, your hormones. They're going to take away those cramps. And all of that sounded great to my mom and I because I was in sports. I was, like, president of my class. I was very active. I had a job, and I couldn't function you know, with, yeah. with the pain that I was feeling. I also had incredibly painful ovulation. So it was happening, like, far too much during during my month, right? Um, it was affecting my life. And so I went on uh, birth control pills, and a very strange thing happened that I'd never experienced before, and that is that energetically it didn't feel right. Um, I didn't feel myself on birth control pills. Now, I stayed on them for um, all of high school because I was terrified to go off of them. Um, the other thing the doctor gave me was an 800 milligram prescription of ibuprofen. Wow. So I took that all throughout high school, um, not knowing what it was doing to my, you know, to my body. I knew something was off. I didn't feel right, but I was too afraid to feel what I'd been, you know, feeling before I got on them. Um, and then in college, I, um, woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't breathe. And I was having a severe asthma attack, um, is what they told me in the emergency room. And I'd never had asthma before. And so that was very alarming. Um, and the doctor, um, once again, an allopathic doctor said to me, you know, this is not a problem. Adult asthma is very common. And uh, you just need to get on steroids and take uh, and have an inhaler with you at all times and take it, you know, preventatively. And you should also um, stop exercising. And at that time, I was a runner and I was... Um, really loving running. And so that was sad news to me. And uh, once again, very similar to the birth control pills, I went on the steroids and they felt awful in my body. 
Um, but not being able to breathe is a very scary thing. So I stayed on them, but only for a few months. Um, they made me feel jittery. They made me hungry all the time. I didn't feel settled in my body. Um, and so then I finally went to another doctor and I got a second opinion. And thankfully he was more of an integrative doctor. He was also a triathlete and he also had adult asthma. And he said to me, you know, I'm sorry that you had the experience that you did, um, but I don't think you should be on steroids. I don't think that you should be. You should always keep an inhaler near you for emergencies, right, because you, you know that you have asthma now and you need to know that you're safe if you have a bad attack. But there are some things that I can, I can share with you and that I can tell you um, that you can do to strengthen your lungs and to even look at inflammation in your body. That was a huge turning point for me. Um, to meet that doctor and I started reading everything that I could and I remember I went to the library and there was a really old copy of um, an herbal book that of course I now know very well and it was called A Modern Herbal by M. Grieve and um, you know it was it was written in a different style and it's a little um, you know archaic (laughs) but I loved it I had never thought about um, you know strengthening my lungs with with plants and or strengthening any part of my body. I mean, I knew vegetables were great for you because I grew up eating them straight from my garden and fresh fruit from our fruit trees and everything, but I never thought about herbs and never thought about the medicinal quality of plants. Um, and so reading that book really changed me, and I, st- I, I just went on a path of a deep dive, which I think you can both relate to because I haven't known you for very long, but you remind me so much of myself in that you're just hungry for information. And I think that is such a beautiful quality. Uh, As a human being, we should be hungry to know about our bodies. We should be hungry to know about the planet that we live on and the plants that are here. Um, So I just started doing a lot of self-education. And um, I, uh, through college, just to backtrack a little bit, I um, always I worked my way through college, and um, so I took up a marketing job. That's how I got into marketing. So I worked at a, a PR um, firm in, in San Francisco, and I learned a lot about uh, marketing there. And um, when I finished uh, college, I decided to to do some more marketing, and I really loved the natural products industry. And uh, it just so happened that a company in my area that sells botanical extracts was looking for some marketing help, and so I got a job with them. So I learned a lot more about extracts working at this job, and I started working with a lot of accounts. Um, Part of my job was to work on formulation. And so I was taking all of my practical knowledge course, you know, now I'm several years into making my own teas, even growing my own herbs and really becoming a self-taught herbalist, Um, you know, going to conferences, symposiums, just getting as much about herbs as I could because what I haven't told you, because I'm kind of wandering a little bit, I told you it's a really big topic and it's a big (laughs) story. Um, So interrupt me at any time. But obviously I started to see improvement. Um, And that's why I've become so excited and so committed to this for the rest of my life is that my asthma uh, went away, you know, and to to be someone that's having an attack every week and then all of a sudden not have one for six months and then eight months and a year, it's it's a wonderfully liberating experience. Um, I went off the birth control pill and didn't get my period for a long time, finally got it, and then have had a very long journey of normalizing my hormones, which I think is incredibly common, and I'm trying to do a lot to educate women on. Uh, on that area and of course it's a huge area um, that we're still learning about 
But anyway, I started to see all kinds of progress in my life um, from little things of when I was, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this because I think it's now up to maybe one in two people get their herpes um, cold sores on their lips and their nose. Well, um, I always got them on my nose whenever I got a cold, you know, starting like I think in third grade was when I got my first cold sore on my nose. Really embarrassing to go to school with it and really painful. Um, And uh, it wasn't until I started using herbs that I stopped getting cold sores. Uh, And, you know, if that's something that you've had every uh, month of your life, when when they finally stop, it's... (laughs) an extraordinary moment. You want to go out in the street and start singing opera and tell every stranger that passes you that you you finally don't get cold sores. Um, So anyway, um, uh, you know, I was having this um, rebirth and this very exciting experience in my body of like all these things that I'd been battling um, were going away and it was all because of herbs. And then I was doing marketing for an herbal company and there was this lovely synergy in my life And at one point, this little voice said, it's time for you to, like, really invest in this and go deep and really understand plants. Um, And so from a therapeutic um, place, and um, because, of course, there's an energetic component to plants that I think we all can access if we let ourselves. And so I started looking for herb schools and was so delighted to find one that was, you know, uh, just an hour and a half drive from my home and that it was actually the first herbal school in America. And that's the California School of Herbal Studies. And I will never forget the day that I drove to that campus. I just started bawling. Um, It's a beautiful campus with the most amazing garden I've ever seen. And, um, it was, it was, there, that was a real shift in my life. I, I took a sabbatical from marketing because marketing uh, is a very stressful um, career path. And I mean, I love it because the writer in me and the storyteller loves it. But when you're, when you start doing it for finished product companies, it's very stressful. And I was flying several times a month and I was just busy. And to pull into that garden and to know that I was going to be there for, you know, every day, eight hours a day for a year. Um, was an amazing homecoming. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what led me to, to herb school. Um, as far as why I wanted to start um, a supplement company that's focused just on women's health, um, I'm going to make this answer shorter because I feel like I've been talking forever. But the reason why is because um, when I got out of herb school, first of all, in herb school, we just happened to have that year our class was entirely women. And um, I'm one of those you know, silly people that think that was not an accident. It was meant to be. <laughs> and it was a very powerful uh, year for all of us. All the women there became very, very close. And uh, it was life-changing for me. And, and while I was there, I decided in the garden one day, um, I had just been working with the most extraordinary teacher. Her name is Leslie Gardner. And she has um, uh, she passed away, actually, a year after our graduation. But that woman changed my life. And um, I was in the garden by myself. People had put things away. And this, I just got this strong feeling that I was going to work with women and that I would never charge for my services because I had my marketing job. I didn't, there wasn't a need. And so often in our society, it's money that prevents people from doing the things that they should for themselves. And I just decided, as silly as it was, I didn't consult my, you know, my spouse or my family. I just, you know, decided in that moment, I'm not going to charge for for my herbal consultation. And I'm going to show women how to make their own remedies. 
Um, so I did that for several years in addition to marketing. I was working in-house for a lot of different companies, big skincare companies, beverage companies, and I was doing my herbalism on the side, and it was so rewarding, and I was getting referrals, friends of friends and colleagues, and I, all of a sudden my herbal practice was bigger than I could take, and I was having to you know, suggest they go to other herbalists. Um, but I started to see some really common things in that practice. And it made me realize that not everybody was ready for my California School of Herbal Studies experience. You know, not everybody was ready to be doing, you know, their own overnight infusions and taking herbal baths and making their own tinctures. That we have a society that really responds to, um, you know, the pill form of things. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so I would tell clients, I would make a tincture. I would make a tincture from herbs that I had grown in my garden. So I was very personally connected to these tinctures. And I would um, have a great session with a client, and I'd tell them, take it three times a day or, you know, whatever my recommendation was. And then I would meet with them again, and they would get this painful look on their face, and they'd say, I have a confession. I didn't take the tincture, or I spilled it in my purse. I can't tell you how many times this happened. Oh, my God. And it was heartbreaking to me, and I just thought, okay, not everybody is ready, you know, for this type of, of connection to the plants and this type of healing. Um, the ones that are fantastic, I'm going to go to their house, I'm going to help them grow an herbal garden, and I'm going to show them how to make their own medicine. It's going to be great, but for the ones that aren't there yet, how do I reach them? And that's when I decided to take my experience as a natural products consultant and my experience working for an herbal extract company and come up with uh, you know, 10 to 15 formulas at first that I felt every woman should know about for all the different stages in a woman's life and have them start there. And once they see a difference and they feel a difference, that that becomes like a bridge so that they have trust and faith in herbal um, remedies and supplementation, that then from there they will be more open to then growing their own herb garden um, and and making their own medicine. And so that's why I chose to go this route. I still have an herbal practice, and I'm still making tinctures. And I'm you know I'm sitting here at my desk right now, and I have an infusion of nettles and lemon balm and oregano and <laughs> um, and catnip. I had to see what the other one was. Um, so it's, it's a huge part of my life still, but this supplement company, the why it's so important to me is that we have women out there who have debilitating um, menstruation every month. It's really impacting their life. They have, we have women who have been on pharmaceuticals since a young age, who have been on um, you know hormone altering, um, you know uh, birth control pills, and um, and their body is crying out for help and. I want to reach those women. I saw it time and time again. I still see it in my practice. Gut issues, um, sleeping patterns, um, you know, circadian rhythms that are thrown off, um, and, and inflammation and pain and basically an imbalance. Right, all the, the things we talk about pretty regularly on this yeah. podcast because we're yeah. seeing it. We're seeing it every single it's day too. Everywhere, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And and what. What I try to stay very positive about, rather than going the negative route, um, is that, you know, there's an opportunity for, for people like you and people like me to really start sharing with women, look, we have been healers throughout history. Um, at every junction in history, you can find examples of groups of women 
um, you know, gathering together to heal each other and heal their community with plants and foods. And we all need to go back to that place of trusting ourselves. You know, there always hasn't been, you know, a World Wide Web to look something up on. Um, we used to have to trust in our senses, in our taste, and to not be afraid of plants. I get that question a lot from people. Like, can't I hurt my body from taking too many supplements and too many herbs? But yet they'll be on, you know, painkillers for 30 years and never give it a second thought. So there is this innate trust in allopathic remedies um, and synthetic remedies and this distrust in plants that I'm really trying to correct. And my focus just happens to be on women because I'm a woman. I have two daughters. I was raised in a family of just women. And I feel like if we start with the women and they know it really well, then little by little, it's going to reach everyone. Yeah. That's an awesome story. I love hearing how people, how people um, start their business and kind of just like how they get to where they are today. Why don't we get right into questions because we have a lot to pick I know. Through, I'm so. sorry for going on no, a, a it, long it was, time. It was great. It was great. Um, so, yeah, let's get started with some questions. Okay. So I'm going to start things off, but I do have to say apparently it's landscaping day. So I have relocated to my bathroom <laughs> floor um, <laughs> because sitting by the window is too loud. So if I echo, it is what it is, people. Um, <laughs> living it up. My mic is on that my is toilet. That is the best image to have in my mind when I'm talking to you. I just love it. Yeah. Hello, bathroom. Yeah. yeah, no nerves anymore. <laughs> um, okay. So Andrea Hood asked, um, I take a lot of supplements, a multivitamin, fish oil, vitamin D year round. Sometimes I take glucosamine, a liver support supplement, and magnesium. Mm-hmm. Even though I eat a real food diet, mostly local, I don't think I'm getting everything I need. And I really do feel better when I take them, more energized mostly. When I've stopped taking them in the past, I started again because I felt better. My question, can you ever take too many supplements? Is long-term use of supplements damaging to your body at all, specifically your liver? I feel like supplements are basically prevention, preventative health medicine, like eating local, yoga, movement, etc. Do you think this is true as well? Mm, that's a great question. And uh, to that last uh, question, yes, 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 I do yeah, think it's yeah. true. And that's why, you know, one of our kind of slogans is that we're really interested in proactive support, and that's how we view supplements, and that's how they've worked in my life and, and um, with everyone that I um, I try to reach. So can you hurt yourself from too many supplements? Of course you can. Um But it's in such extreme situations. Let me give you an example. I have worked with a lot of bodybuilders, and they're taking such high dose of certain supplements, or they're taking, you know, green tea supplementation that's the equivalent of, like, 40 cups of green tea a day, and it's one constituent that's concentrated, and so, you know, it's missing some of the others. And and it's too much, you know? It's... This is why I always talk about balance. We all have to bring our intuition to the table. If you don't think that it is normal or natural to drink 40 cups of something in a day, then you probably shouldn't take it in pill form. Um, You know, we want to be kind to the body. But this gentle infusion every day of 
sensible dosing of key nutrients and micronutrients and phytochemicals and phytonutrients that are coming from plants that we are not getting in our diet. Our diet is not as varied as it used to be. And most of us are eating the same thing all year long, which we never used to do when we had to forage, right? Um, So, you know, if you're having bananas all year long and you're, you know, and you're having, um, you know, there's so many fruits that now we're all having all the time. And, you know, traditionally fruits were available at one time of year and, um, and they help to, you know, nourish you and, um, and provide more um, calories. And uh, so I feel like, um, to go back to her question before I get off topic, there, it's, Supplements, do I think that they can hurt you? Yes, if you're not sensible about the dosing. Um, But from a perspective of, you know, she mentioned vitamin D and she mentioned fish oil and and magnesium, I think, was the other one that she mentioned. Um, These are all all key uh, nutrients that um, are missing from our diet now. And that also what's happening is all of our bodies, and I am going to go out on a limb and say this, all of us are experiencing excessive inflammation because of the chemicals that are now in our society. They're used in everything. They're used on our clothing, on our furniture. I mean, it's, it's in fabric softeners. It's in, I mean, there are just chemicals everywhere. Um, and it's changing the way that our guts work, the way we process food, um, and what nutrients are even available to our bodies. So supplementation is a game changer, and I love that she said she can feel a difference because that's what I strive for is to get people to take them and really feel the difference. Um, But be kind to your body. Don't go excessive with one amount of anything. Um, And I particularly um, focus on bodybuilders because I see that in my practice a lot. They they take so much of something, and, um, and then it can be harmful. But... Unfortunately, supplements and herbs have gotten a bad rap. You know, um, there's a lot more damage going on every day from pharmaceuticals than there ever is with herbs and supplements. And um, the more people we can get to understand how safe they really are um, and that and and this equivalent is really helpful. Like I'll give someone turmeric and I'll say, okay, this is the equivalent of having two tablespoons of fresh turmeric. And that makes people feel better, right? This is not the equivalent of having a bucket full of turmeric, you know? So I think it's important for all of us to ask more questions and really think of it from a perspective of balance and proactive, preventative, just support, like a loving hug to ourselves. Okay. So this is going to piggyback on that because First of all, I have to call up my brother, Brian Jowett, if you're listening. He's totally Uh-oh. not listening. Stop <laughs> taking all your weird bodybuilding stuff. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to get stuff from bodybuilders everywhere, though. <laughs> um, all right. So this is something that I've been thinking about for a couple of years because I feel like with herbs, there's like, you know, there's this harmony and this balance and like what would we really be exposed to in nature? It's like yeah. we probably wouldn't be inundated with the same herb over and over and over and over no. and over and over and over again. So what do you feel about essential oils? Because I feel like, mm. I mean, I'm a huge fan, right? And I've used them for a decade. But like the way that they're being used right now, I question mm. like, is this, does this mimic how we would really interact with herbs and plants is like, I yeah. would love to get an herbalist take on essential oils. Sure. Um, first, let me just preface that I've I've had the pleasure of working with um, 
um, some wonderful uh, herbal healers who specialize in essential oils at school. Uh, it was Trinity Avon. She's incredible. Um, uh, I followed the work of Molly Green. I mean, I, I, I use essential oils in my practice, but not like a lot of people do. And it's because I haven't gone deep with them. I will tell you that they are incredibly powerful. And when I hear people who are not educated in herbalism, um, when I hear about them taking essential oils internally uh, and using them every day, um, I get very nervous. Um, they are so powerful. And they're, they're incredible from, uh, I mean, I've used, uh, for example, one of my favorite uh, essential oils is from Clary Sage. I love the plant itself. It has a huge native history. It's an awesome, magical plant. And the first time that I used it, I felt a difference right away. One of my herbal practitioners said, you know, you should apply it topically with like some castor oil, maybe a little lavender or geranium, and rub it all over your um, lower abdomen for, for cramps. And I responded to it right away. It was incredible. I love clary sage. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're talking about fighting illness, if you want to, you know, take one drop, I'm a big believer in one drop. <laughs> if you want to take one drop of like oregano oil, which is so incredibly antimicrobial, um, uh, because you think that you're fighting like a bacterial lung infection and you'd rather try that, I, I'm all for that. But when people are taking, you know, several drops of lemon essential oil instead of just putting a fresh lemon in their water, or, you know, they're they're constantly taking um, essential oils internally. I, re it really makes me nervous. A lot of damage can be done. Um, and something to keep in mind about essential oils. I think this is very fascinating. Every organ in our body, every cell in our body has um, receptors for for smell. It's incredible. Even babies, when they're inside of us in utero, they can smell. Um, and so smell is a very powerful um, mode of healing, and we should be respectful with it. And so to inundate the body, we're still learning so much about smell. I mean, the fact that we can alter our hormones through smells is, is phenomenal, right? So there's so much that we still don't understand about smell and if, if we're going to go back to, um, you know, when, when people lived and ate uh, and treated themselves medicinally locally, you wouldn't have access to every essential oil. You'd have access to maybe some sages, some, some, some lavenders, um, you know, you'd have very few plants to choose from and, um, and obviously, you'd have different methods, too. You wouldn't be making, um, distilling, you know, these plants to such a concentrated degree. Um, so I just think we have to proceed with caution and, um, and be respectful of essential oils. They are very powerful. I've used them to treat a lot of things topically. And, I mean, from burns to fungal infections, they're, they're amazing. Um, but I guess, and maybe I've made it clear internally, yeah. I just say, just be careful. They're very powerful. I mean, just to smell them, listen to that, right? You don't need to have any degree behind your name to know. When you smell something and it's that strong, it's going to push the body. It has an effect, right? It's, um, and just be respectful of that. That's really what I've felt intuitively for a long time, but yeah. didn't really have anything to back it up. And really, I, I question when we I've, – I've always been really open about I don't like – I don't condone taking them internally because I, yeah. I don't 
I don't know what it's doing. I don't know what it's doing to the microbiome. So many yes. of these have such antimicrobial properties. Yeah, that, they're very strong. You know, so anyway, that was cool. Thank you for answering that. All right, our next listener question is from BJ Holst, and she asks, it would be helpful to know what we as women should be taking at different stages of our lives, mm-hmm. 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. postpartum, breastfeeding, extreme exercise, <laughs> et cetera. That's, that's a big one. Um, it is a big one. <laughs> but she does. She goes on to ask, if we only start with a few, what are the most important ones? Okay. Um, that is part I can definitely answer <laughs> because you know what one of the things I've learned as a practitioner is that everybody is 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 different right and you have to treat Say the what? person <laughs> get out of town oh yeah it's true <laughs> there is nobody that is just like you my mom was right she used to say that to me all the time and it's true um so and it is from a health perspective too but that being said there are some safe kind of general things you know I always tell people that you can um, uh, you can't go wrong by introducing more antioxidants you know into your diet they're incredibly helpful especially right now with everything that we're battling in the modern world in terms of um, stressors from the environment from emotions um, biological stressors um, so antioxidants are important what are antioxidants you know vitamin C um, vitamin uh, E and then um, I'm a big fan of antioxidants that are um, of a phytochemical nature. So, you know, you're, you're, um, um, wanting to get, you know, polyphenols from plants and from berries. Um, so I, I really believe in, in antioxidant support. Um, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later. I believe in adaptogenic support, but, um, with just, um, uh, a little bit of a footnote that I can talk about later. Um, D3 is incredibly important from the standpoint that one, none of us are spending enough time outside, you know, um, it's it's important. And now it's been linked to so many. Uh, deficiency has been linked to so many chronic diseases. And I, I actually am an herbalist and a, and a plant person and a naturalist who really respects science. And when studies are done on human beings that can really change whole populations, their health, uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I pay attention to those studies. Um, so D3 is something that I think everyone should be taking. Um what else? You know, you have to also look at people's diets. You know, if you're not, I'm a big fan of uh, of minerals and trace minerals, and uh, I get a lot of my minerals from my tea infusions. A lot of people, if for no other reason, that's a wonderful reason to 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 make um, uh, herbal tea infusions. They are so mineral rich. Um, so I get a lot of my my trace minerals from um, tea infusions. But um, people who who don't make tea infusions. Uh, or have other gut issues and things going on, absorption issues, trace minerals are incredibly important. So a calcium and magnesium, um, that can look like selenium in some people, potassium. Um, Omega-3s, I'm a big fan of. Um, At every time in a woman's life, I've seen, excuse me, huge changes happen in a woman um, uh, by increasing her intake of omega-3s. I mean, they're they're beneficial to the heart, to the brain, to every cell in the body. and uh, so I always recommend uh, omega-3. Hey, can I ask you, um, tea infusion, what yeah. is that? Okay, so an infusion is um, it's where you allow the plants to steep uh, in boiling water. Um, so let me give you an example. I'll go into my garden, and I will pick maybe half a cup of fresh herbs, and I'll, I'll go back in the kitchen, and I'll chop them up, and I'll put them in a big mason jar. And then I'll boil water. 
and I'll let it just cool slightly so it hasn't just boiled and I'll pour it over the herbs and I'll put the cap on so that all of the yummy goodness doesn't, you don't want the volatile oils to leak out, right? You want everything um, in that infusion. Um, I let that sit overnight. So an infusion is just, it's think of it as like a really long um, tea. You know, you are um, extracting as much of the medicine from that plant uh, as possible. And Can you do that with dried herbs and flowers as absolutely, well? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Cool. And I love tea infusions. And, you know, some people think they're too strong. And then I always say, well, then make the tea infusion and then water it down. Because what I don't like is I don't like waste of plant matter. And so, you know, tea infusions are wonderful because, you know, if you just are steeping a plant for – um, 10 minutes or some people even with their tea bag they I've watched people just do five minutes and throw it in the trash and I always kind of go oh there's so much more in that tea bag <laughs> pull it oh, back out gulp, guilty oh, no. guilty <laughs> yeah we all do it I'm taking um, notes on everything you're saying yeah. <laughs> um but you know something happened to me when I was in herb school and I had my first tea infusion I just felt this burst of um I, I felt an infusion of energy and like so many parts of my body were being fed. I mean, there's just, there's so many micronutrients and micro things that we just don't even know are in plants. And so I love infusions because they just allow everything in the plant um, to come out. And, you know, like nettles, for example, I'm a big fan of nettles and a nettle infusion is so beautiful. It becomes dark and green. And then you start to understand, oh my gosh, this is such a mineral rich plant and it's full of iron and calcium. And this is an amazing plant when you see what happens to the water. Um, and they feel great. So I suggest infusions to everyone. Like if there's, if there's only one thing you take away from, from this conversation is, and it's it's tea infusions. I I have reason then to jump up and down, run down the street, and be giddy for for the rest of the day because that will make a huge difference in your health and your well being. I'm super geeking out over here, and I'm staring at my land right now, being like, and that's where the nettles are gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Is it's, it true it's a dangerous path to walk down, let me tell you. It is so wildly exciting, but it is a dangerous path because you can't stop yourself once you start. <laughs> if you're using, like, actual tea bags of yeah. something, say chamomile, for example, is it true that um, kind of like a therapeutic dose, per se, is two bags, not yeah. one? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, if you're not going to do um, – Infusions. I always tell people to use um, two tea bags because, you know, you're going to go to the effort of making um, tea and um, there's you really want to get some good medicine in, in your body. And um, uh, so absolutely, I, I always do two tea bags. It's just, okay. yeah, um, cool. what I do. <laughs> so the next question isn't necessarily about herbs, but we got it and we figured we would throw it in here. Sure. Um, and it's from Krista, and she asks, um, do you have to take copper with zinc? Mm. I thought so, but just read a conflicting study that states at 15 milligrams or or low, it's unnecessary. Mm -hmm. um, also, I heard anecdotally from an online quote-unquote health guru who takes 30 milligrams of zinc um, the colonate. The colonate. But no copper. Mm -hmm. I would be interested in hearing your thoughts. Cleaning up my diet has helped with hormonal. Oh, that's, I think that's like a part 
Right. Cleaning up my diet has helped with hormonal acne, but not a hundred percent. I keep reading that zinc is often low in persistent cases and taking zinc can help. Ah, okay. Um, well, first I will say, I, I can definitely answer this question. Um, and it's mostly because I've had the pleasure of working with an incredible, um, scientist and nutritionist and, and, um, and food chemist, and so she has advised me on a lot of these things that I didn't, I didn't learn in herb school, or I learned, in, you know, uh, um, in, in just was touched on in herb school. Because I always tell people, look, I'm not a naturopathic doctor, I'm not a scientist, I am a plant geek, I'm an herbalist, and um, uh, and I'm definitely um, somebody who can answer a lot of questions about using plants. But when you really get down to breaking it down into food chemistry, um, that, that is definitely something that goes, um, for Laura, who's my partner. But, um, from doing this long enough, what I can say is that I feel comfortable when you're taking uh, zinc at like 15 milligrams, uh, or 30 milligrams, I've read even up to, um, a hundred milligrams. You don't need to have copper with it. Um, that's only if you're taking like around 150 milligrams of, of zinc, which I personally think that, that people shouldn't be taking unless you have been advised by a medical practitioner to do so. Um, you know, we have a formula uh, for immunity that we use 15 milligrams of zinc in. And, um, you know, also the other thing, too, to keep in mind for people, um, when you start this journey and you start learning more about the body and you start learning more about food, and anyone can start this journey. You don't need to enroll in a program in school to give yourself permission to do that. You just need to start reading things that have to do with health and wellness. Um, zinc, uh, it's very interesting. Zinc and copper are available in all kinds of foods, but I never worry about copper because we don't need as much, and it's in a lot of the foods that I eat. It's in, um, I'm going to try to remember here, but um, I, it's in spinach. I eat a lot of spinach. Um, it's in coconut. It's in dark chocolate, which I eat a lot of. Um, what else is it in a lot? Of, oh, uh, spirulina, which I um, have on a regular basis. It's in it's in beans. Um, nuts and say. seeds. Nuts and seeds, exactly. Nuts and seeds, which I get a ton of, and, and uh, thankfully a lot of people are. So I don't worry about um, I don't worry about um, copper with zinc unless it's, you're taking a very high dose. Okay. Um, as far as from a skin perspective. Um, yes, they, they have found that some people, when they take zinc, their, their skin improves, um, um, per, particularly younger women. Um, but once again, you shouldn't be taking such a high dosage of zinc that it's going to throw the other mineral balance in your body off, which is what happens when you take a high dose of any mineral. So sticking with, you know, 30 milligrams of zinc a day is absolutely fine. Uh, you do not need copper supplementation. Okay, she had a second part of that question, and that was, what herbs and supplements would you recommend for hormonal acne or skin issues when lifestyle changes have already been made? Yeah, um, that's a good question, and it's something I get a lot from people. Um, and, you know, the skin is wonderful at telling us what's going on in the body. And I, and even though I've worked for a really wonderful skincare companies, and I've spent a lot of time talking about you know, the outside and people getting the results that they want. As an herbalist, I love when people look to their skin and then say, okay, this is what's going on. Here's the root cause, and I'm going to address that because then my skin will improve. Um, so there are several plants that I use um, with skin. First of all, the, the one thing that I do right away is I ask people what products are you using because so often people are taking, you know, um, 
a strong vitamin, they're putting a strong vitamin A on their skin and they're having a reaction from that or they're using products that have all kinds of chemicals in them uh, and their body is stuck in an inflammatory response. And so I always look at what products are you putting on topically. Um, she did mention lifestyle changes have been made, so I'm going to assume she's already looked at her products. Um, yes, hormonal imbalances create acne. A lot of times with hormones, you're going to see, um, you know, acne breakout around the chin and uh, around the mouth, and um, uh, it's upsetting to people, and especially, like, I'll work with women who are in their 40s, and they're like, I already went through this. I don't need to go through this again. Why, am I, why do right. I have acne? This is torture. Um, so I, there are certain um, herbs that I like to apply topically. Um, I can tell you one right off the bat that I love um, – and it's not one that most people would think of for skin. But this is not a tincture, an alcohol tincture. Um, this is not an essential oil. If you just take thyme from your garden or even dry thyme and you make t a tea of it, right? So you let it um, steep for even even 10 minutes with thyme. And you, after you've washed your face, if you take a, a cotton ball and you rub thyme over um, the acne, you're going to see an incredible result. Um, uh, time is wonderful with acne, but it's time tea. A lot of people make the mistake of using essential oil or using a tincture, and it's um, you want it a water extract, so you want it from a tea infusion. Um, other uh, other things that I do for hormonal um, skin issues in terms of correcting the imbalance inside is I um, work with them on herbs to balance their hormones. Um, some of my favorite herbs that help to balance hormones, um, I use chase. Um, uh, berry, so Vitex, um, and Shisandra Berry is one that I'm a huge fan of. It's made a difference in so many women's lives, and I'm on a mission to get a lot of people to understand Shisandra Berry more. It's an adaptogen, um, helps to bring balance to the body, and I've seen wonderful results with it, balancing hormones in a very gentle way. And you guys, um, Her Vital Way has a, a has we one. We do, yeah. we do. Um, I am a huge fan of Shisandra Berry, and um, and when you start to to um, introduce the body to herbs that bring balance to um, hormones, uh, you'll see a change in, in the acne right away. Another thing that people topically, the mis a mistake that people make, um, and the only reason I'm going to mention the topical stuff is that when people see results right away, they start to feel better, and then they're not as stressed, and then they're more open to drinking teas and everything else. So it is important to get people to see results right away. So I understand the topical is important, but I really encourage people to also, at the same time, um, uh, work with plants that are getting to the root cause, right? Or you're going to be battling this for a long time. But topically, oil is so important. And a lot of people, we've been taught in our culture to dry out acne. And it's one of the worst things you can do because then it gets the body to start overproducing um, oils. And, and you get an imbalance and then you get bacterial lodged um, in pores. And you just get, and then the acne gets worse and it gets to be of a more cystic nature. And you really create problems when you try to, once again, it's being too harsh with the body, right? Um, if you use oils, it allows the body to not produce excessive oil and to balance oil production. And um, uh, an oil that I like to use is jojoba oil. It's the closest to the oil that our own body creates, our sebum. And I've seen wonderful results with people. Um, and even if you want to put like a drop or two of lavender oil, um, some people find tea tree oil works really well. Everyone is a little bit different. Um, some people just find using like rose geranium or a drop of clary sage works really well um, in an oil. 
to help with hormonal acne. But um, you really have to look at, at the root cause and start working with plants that address, hormon- address hormonal issues. That's awesome. I mean, I I have had hormonal acne for, oh, my God, forever. So um, yeah. so much better once my diet was better. But yeah. all of that was so good. Sometimes it still happens. So yeah, that, sure. Such great recommendations. Um, all right. Somebody had wrote, wrote written in um, asking about supplements for gut health, which is just – such a huge topic, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover that in an upcoming episode. But specifically, I'm wondering if you have any favorite herbs for constipation, sluggish bowels, slow motility, because oh, yeah. that's, that's a big thing for a lot of my, my oh, uh, clients. It's, it's huge, and you know, there is nothing worse. Nothing worse. There is nothing worse. So something, I'm, I, you know, I am never afraid to go personal, and so I will just share. I was traveling so much with my job. This one company I was working with, I was traveling like five times a month, and every time I would travel, um, I would become irregular. I'd get constipated, and it's the worst feeling. And um, I, when I got to herb school, one of the most profound changes that happened was that I was introduced to to bitters. Um, we had a, uh, a wonderful teacher named Brian Bowen, and he just did this whole presentation on bitters that I that blew me away. And he, I told him when we went on our first camping um, trip, uh, I said, I'm really nervous because every time I'm away from home, my bowels just stop. And then I just feel sick and I, and it affects my mood and I can't think clearly. And it's just, it's just awful. And I don't want that to happen on my herb trip. And he said, well, you know what? You need to take bitters um, and you just need to take them before every meal and definitely take them at night before you go to sleep. So he brought a blend to one of our trips, and it, I think it was um, yellow dock and gentian, dandelion. It might have had some artichoke in it too, um, or organ grape. I can't remember what his blend was, but sure enough, I did what he said, and I, <laughs> I felt like a little kid. I felt like my daughter the first time, you know, she went on the toilet. I was so excited <laughs> that I was on a trip in a beautiful place, and that my body was working. Um, and that I had energy and that I felt good. And so bitters really changed my life, and they have changed the lives of every person that I've worked with. Um, I give people, I love giving people my own bitters blend, and they carry them in with their purse. I have a bitters blend in my purse right now. Um, I swear by them. They're incredible. And they used to be, that bitter taste used to be a huge part of, of every culture's diet. And it still is. It's a huge part of um, uh, of uh, traditional Chinese medicine, of Ayurveda. Um, and it's, it's you know, in the springtime, this is a wonderful time. There's bitters because there's dandelion um, leaves. Um, I can't believe I used to always pull them up whenever I saw them in my yard <laughs> before I went to herb school. And now I'm like, oh, it's a dandelion. <laughs> um, you know, I put it in my salads and I, I tincture the root. And um, artichoke leaf. I can't believe I used to eat artichoke and then I would just, um, you know, throw the leaves in the compost. Now I'm, I'm, uh, constantly making artichoke leaf tincture. Um, if, if you, uh, are somebody who, if you're not familiar with bitters, um, I absolutely recommend trying them, um, to normalize, uh, your bowel activity and, and to help with so many things. I mean, bitters can, uh, really change, uh, the, the, the GI behavior in somebody pretty quickly. Um, 
and they can help with things from you know heartburn to um, to constipation to um, um, excessive bloating and gas, which is very common right now with all the gut issues that we're seeing. And they're they're incredible. I mean, they just they get things moving. I per, my, I'm a personal fan of uh, Yellow Dock, Artichoke, um, Dandelion, and Gentian. And I just take a dropper full in water in the morning after I've had my big glass of water. And um, sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit bloated during the day, I'll just put a few drops on my hand and lick it just to get that bitter note. Um, and then I take it in the evening before I go to sleep. Um, yeah, I've never heard that recommendation, taking it in the evening before sleep. Oh, so I'm going to try that out myself. They're fantastic. And for anybody that has like any sort of esophageal or heartburn stuff, the only thing I would say with that is don't take it right before bed and start slowly. I mean, I always say to people, look, get to know your medicine and get to know your plants. So don't just dive in with a huge dose. You know, the first day, just put a few drops on you. Make a fist and put a few drops um, on your hand and lick it. And then see how, how do you feel. Like trust your own instincts. Hmm, does that, energetically, does that feel good? Do I notice any strange sensation? Um, a lot of people, they're not as hard, hardcore as I am. And so I say put the bitters in water. Uh, if you take too many bitters without water, it's going to, I mean, it's going to it's gonna hurt, especially with the alcohol tincture um, rather than a tea. But um, definitely um, get familiar with bitters. Uh, if you have any heartburn or stuff, don't take it right before bed. Take it in water, like maybe um, one ounce of water and a dropper full of bitters, uh, you know, maybe two, maybe two hours, an hour before bedtime. And, um, in the morning, you know, you're, you're going to feel different. And, um, so I definitely recommend bitters. They're incredible for, for gut health. And then there are so many teas that are, you know, carminative or demulcent, whatever your body needs, whatever the tissue needs. Um, and, and having those every day, you, you can slowly, um, change a pretty dire situation in your gut. Um, but that's something that none of us are very good at, are we? That sort of daily slow healing. Um, no. Yeah. We're like, no. let's go all in. Yeah. yeah, let's go all in. And if I don't see a difference by tomorrow, I'm right. over it. And I'm throwing totally. it in the drawer. And then I'm going to stop everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So if there's so many things I could talk about, but I think the most important one, um, if I'm going to just distill it down to the best remedy, I'd say incorporate bitters and you're going to get things moving and you're just going to love the way you feel. I mean, they really energize your whole being. I cool, love bitters. Cool. Um, what recommendations do you have for someone who struggles with sleep, whether this mm. is being able to wind down enough to fall asleep at a decent hour and kind of like just turn your brain off after mm -hmm. a long day or staying asleep for someone who doesn't have a problem falling falling asleep but then ends up waking up throughout the night? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's one that um, I get people coming to me probably for the most. Um, you know, because we need to sleep. It's when our body heals and in so many ways. And um, so sleep is essential. And there are so many lifestyle things that we all need to be doing, if we were to be honest, about um, that help the body sleep. You know, none of us, uh, very few of us get to bed early enough or wake up early enough. Like we need to reset our internal clock. It's hard to do, though, with, you know, work and family and everything else. So things that you just can't always control. But I love a class of plants called nervines, and they really um, they help the body, the nervous system, and um, 
and some of them can help you to just relax um, and are really good at promoting sleep and, and deep sleep, like nourishing sleep that we all crave and that we all deserve. And if there's one thing I could to change about our educational system, as silly as it sounds, I would love to introduce knowledge of nervines um, uh, in elementary school and that um, we all find out kind of what our plant allies are because nervines work differently in, in people. There are some that are, it's pretty safe to say they work the same in everyone, but once in a while you get someone who said, I know this was supposed to calm me down, but I got really energized. And so it, it pays to get familiar with the nervines. What are some of those, you know, chamomile, valerian, passionflower, skullcap, uh, vervain, oats? Um, there, there are so many. Um, but for sleep, uh, what I have found works with so many people, and I've worked with a lot of insomniacs, is a combination of passionflower and valerian and California puppy. Um, it's just a wonderful combination. Um, I also, for people who uh, who really have sleep issues, I then add kava to that. So those are the, the four in my mighty formula. But really just introducing valerian and passionflower. Valerian, though, I will say, is one of those nervings that in a small percentage of people, it um, energizes them. So if, if you have never tried valerian, take a few drops during the day and sit for a second and go, hmm. How do I feel, right? Do I feel more energized or do I feel a little bit grounded and a little bit mellow? That'll tell you right away if you should take it at night. Um, but nervings, you know, a lot of people just take them at night and expect to be able to go to sleep. And unfortunately, that's kind of um, approaching plants, um, you know, from that kind of pharmaceutical perspective, which I don't think is a good yeah. thing. If you just incorporate nervings into your day, um, they're so nourishing to the nervous system that then when you are ready to go to sleep, your nervous system has been kind of healed all day and you sleep better. A lot of people think if you're overtired, you're going to sleep great. That is not true. Um, or if you've had a really stressful day that you're going to sleep great. That is not true. So, you know, instead of going to the coffee shop with everybody on your lunch hour, you know, bring some lemon balm and some chamomile tea bags to work and, and sip it throughout your day. They're not going to make you fall over in your desk asleep. <laughs> They're just going to nourish your nervous system and calm your GI tract. And, and, you know, so introducing nervines, I think everybody should do. They're just good for your overall health. But in terms of finding ones that work for your sleep, I would start with passionflower and valerian and California poppy and, um, and see how you do. Cool. Awesome. And I love how, I love that, that advice to like, don't just take it at the end of the night thinking it's going to kick in. Yeah. I would assume that like taking these nervines throughout the day, since it suppresses the, or I shouldn't say suppresses, but it can calm down the nervous system. That would probably yeah. be really helpful for folks dealing with anxiety and just kind yeah, of like absolutely. that, like high strung nature. Absolutely. It really, they, you know, give them time to work on you and to help you throughout the day when you need it, because that, that day is what we bring into our sleep. Oh, whether I love we, that. Whether so, we know it or not, yeah. So true. Um, okay, so Salamander Jelly asks, what is effective <laughs> in treating low energy and exhaustion? And, mm. you know, you touched upon adaptogens earlier. Mm. And so I suspect that's kind of where we're headed with this, mm. with this answer. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of tag my own question onto it. And it's similar to, it's similar to the essential oils questions. Now, I'm a huge fan of adaptogens. I've used them yeah. for years and years. 
But I've also seen a recent uptick in their popularity where it's like mm-hmm. every single person on Instagram is like mm-hmm. showcasing their adaptogenic like magical elixir with like $60, sixty dollar like containers of like ashwagandha. It's like it's getting a little crazy and I, it is. so a it lot is. of people are asking me about adaptogens because they're mm. so popular right now. Mm-hmm. And my understanding, so this is kind of I'm like putting my practitioner hat on a little bit when I when I ask you this, but my understanding is that adaptogens, well, they're herbs that help us adapt to stress and kind of maintain normal physiological functioning during periods of stress. Correct. And so I don't think it warrants the whole discussion about the HPA access because that's like a topic for another another yeah, episode. Like that's a big topic. That's a, that's a big boy. <laughs> um, but basically when you're you know, your brain perceives stress, it's going to talk to mm-hmm. the adrenals, which is going to produce stress hormones in a nutshell. Yeah. But, you know, I, we're all running around with HPA access dysregulation for the most part in, mo- yeah. in modern day society. But like, you can't just out adaptogen stress. You don't just like, no. you know, throw some ashwagandha at the situation and like continue to like burn the candles at both ends. Like that's yeah. not really how it works. And I've personally been like really conservative in, in their use. I mean, not, mm-hmm. not with myself. I'll throw anything at myself. It's like, whatever, N equals one all day long. But with clients, I'm a little bit more, mm-hmm. more conservative because Unless I've done a cortisol panel or, or something and kind of know where, where hormones are at, because I know some herbs and some adaptogens, adaptogens can raise cortisol and some mm-hmm. can can lower cortisol. And so if I don't know somebody's starting point, I'm a little anxious to throw something at them that might move the needle in the wrong direction. Right. But then I know there's practitioners out there that might dis- disagree with that and just mm-hmm. are kind of like, let's. You know, I don't know. I'd love to hear your take as an herbalist, somebody that's actually trained in this stuff. What mm-hmm. is your, what your take on it is? Like herbs must work synergistically with one another. Are there some that are safer than others? I know you mentioned Shisandra, yeah. um, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, should I worry less about it? or like, what's, what's No, I mean, I, I think um, – I think that is a sensitive response, actually, and I think it's an intelligent response. I mean, you see these fads and these waves, especially now that, um, uh, much to my children's horror, I'm on Instagram and (laughs) I see all this stuff. Um, You see how people just run with something and um, go kind of crazy. And, you know, I love that people are talking about adaptogens. Uh, For the most part, boy, they are really incredible plants and their ability to to normalize to have a normalizing influence on every system is pretty remarkable um but yeah if you don't know specifically what's going on in someone's body can you harm them by putting on putting them on an adaptogen i personally have not seen a lot of harm um I have seen more progress with certain adaptogens you know for for example i am not and I'm not an ashwagandha person. And so I had someone recommend it to me because of, of stress. And it just felt awful in my body. And, and it also just made me feel really sluggish. Um, and it just energetically is not the adaptogen for me, which is why I always go back to telling people, please listen to your body. I don't care who on Instagram is saying that something works for them. That's great. It works for them. You need to try a little bit of it and then sit with it and kind of feel how you feel. Um, That being said, adaptogens are a different class of herbs in that because they worked to have a normalizing influence on every system, they 
are gentle movers and they take longer. So you have to really commit to them. You know, I always tell people, look, I'm, I'm asking you to take this for at least three months um, and to give it time um, to, to correct uh, something that has been imbalanced in you for years, right? So, so please commit to it and please approach these plants with, um, with love and sensitivity and patience. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, I, they, you know, they, they've become kind of sexy to people and, and that's interesting because a lot of adaptogens are aphrodisiacs too. So there is a sexy <laughs> component to them. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, many of them are, um, are there certain adaptogens that I, uh, work with a lot, um, when I haven't seen, um, you know, specific, uh, results or panels from, from clients? Absolutely. I'll give you some examples. Um, I work with Shisandra. Um, I've just seen that it has a beautiful, uh, response in all different types of people. Um, and I work a lot with, um, Siberian ginseng. I work a lot with astragalus. Um, and, and then I work a lot with reishi. So, you know, every herbalist that we're all going to have our favorites. And of course it's, it's because of like our own response to them. But also when I see, you know, 40 women respond to an adaptogen the same way that I did, it, it, it makes me feel very confident about introducing it to other people. Let's stop here for a second. We'll pick right back up because I want to answer one of the top questions I get in my business, which is what probiotic do I recommend? Now, obviously, this is going to depend on the individual and what you got going on in your gut, but for a daily staple probiotic, I'm a big fan of BioCult. I've actually been using them for uh, since Hattie was a baby. So over six years ago, um, I first learned about this company. Their favorite product of mine is their Boosted Probiotic because it's four times the potency of their original formula. Boosted is cost-effective, it's shelf-stable, and it contains strains of lactobacilli and bifidobacteria, which are the friendly bacteria in our guts that are often really low in the people that I'm doing functional GI testing on and stool testing on. Those bifidobacteria especially, they make up 90% of the beneficial flora in our colon. So when we hear all about the microbiome and the benefits of the microbiome, a lot of what we're hearing about are those bifidobacteria. So whenever I'm looking for a probiotic or recommending a probiotic, I'm always looking to make sure that they do have different strains of bifido and BioCult's Boosted absolutely does. They're non-GMO, they're gluten-free, and their stability and potency are guaranteed through external lab testing. So somebody else came in and they said, yep, what they're saying is in this is actually in this. Um, and if, if you can't swallow pills or you've got kiddo who can't swallow pills, you can break the capsules apart and sprinkle the contents into food or drink like oatmeal, yogurt, or smoothie or something like that. And of course, you can just swallow them whole. So head over to biocult.com, use code FUNK. 20 so you can save 20% and get your gut feeling good. All right? Now we're back. Can um, you tell me more? Because you, you kind of were like going off a little bit about Shisandra, but then you stopped yourself, and I yeah. would love to learn more about that. So I just, I love this plant for so many reasons. And I mean, it's a plant, if you just look at the story, and I'm, I'm not an ethnobotanist, I, I would love to be, um, 
Kat Harrison is an amazing ethnobotanist. I'd love to go back to school and get my PhD and really study the connection between um, cultures and people and, and plants. Um, but it, it is so revered. And in traditional Chinese medicine, um, it was actually only used by royalty. Like common people could not use Shisandra, um for a long time. Um, it, it, um, it nourishes and supports and tonifies the liver, which I think a lot of us need help with. It um, helps to um, normalize hormones. It um, aids in cardiovascular health. Uh, it's wonderful for skin. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the royalty loved it in China is because the results that they saw, their skin was just beautiful. Um, it, uh, the whole muscular skeletal system it supports. I mean, I really feel like there's nothing that this herb can't do. And when you commit to it and you stay on it, um, you know, for me, for example, I'm, I'm not shy about ever saying my age because I've earned every, <laughs> every day of it. I'm 46 years old and um, I'm considered, you know, perimenopausal. And so started to see a lot of changes in my cycle and my mood and my skin and my everything. I started seeing a lot of changes and um, had had a wonderful experience with Shisandra in herb school and decided to just really commit to it um, because I, I preferred it over some of the other things that some herbalists use for, for perimenopause. And so I just was patient, and I just started taking Shisanda every single day, and it was amazing, the change. I, I like, it restored me. I, I came back to, a, um, to, to me, to Amy, the person that I know, and I felt much more grounded, and I started seeing huge benefits in every area of my life. Um, in terms of my energy, um, my my reaction to to stress and to situations, you know, uh, when your hormones are changing, you that's one of the first things that a lot of people notice is their reaction time. Like all of a sudden, you know, you react so quickly and so intensely to something that normally you wouldn't have reacted to, and um, I all of that started to to go away, and I just started to feel very grounded in myself. My cycles became normal. Um, I noticed a change to my skin, to my hair, and it really was very clear to me that this um, this herb was having a normalizing effect. I also love Shisandra because it's a berry. It's it's hard for me sometimes. I'm a gardener, and I love root medicines. Don't get me wrong. And some root medicines. Um, you know, mature very quickly, you know, within a growing season, you can use their root. But some roots, you know, are, you know, eight years before they become truly, um, um, like, harvest-worthy. And so I, the reason why I love Shisandra Berry is that it is um, a sustainable adaptogen. You know, I mean, um, China has been wonderful at They want to preserve it for their, for their culture, and there's so many native animals um, and, that rely on Shisandra Berry. And so they've, it's, it's, been a sustainable um, effort um, for for you know as long as the, the plant has been used you know where they they harvest the um, uh, you know the berries and and the the plant stays intact and and they leave they leave berries on the bottom for wildlife um, so it's just it has a wonderful story and I have just seen in every woman that I have used it on um, this incredible balancing in so many areas. Um, so I, I, want to I love Shisandra. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I now really love I'm it. ordering it. <laughs> it That's awesome. Is, yeah. And I have, I have tried all the adaptogens. I mean, that was one of the, you know, this is something that I would love to impart on your listeners is that, um, you don't have to, I think sometimes we all get energetically very stuck in our lives and, 
And I have feelings about why that happens that I'm not going to spare everybody from. But I have found one of the best ways to energize your life is one, to immerse yourself in something new that really interests you, like that brings joy to your being, like a, like a childlike joy. Um, and, uh, and that has like a, a practical, um, like increasing practical knowledge about something that's real, like learning about your body. Why isn't that more a part of school? I don't care. You don't, ha- you shouldn't have to be, uh, you know, majoring in, in, a, 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 you shouldn't have to be in a doctorate program or, or majoring, uh, you know, uh, in, in one of the health healing modalities to learn about the body. Why, why isn't that a part of, of our curriculum from a very young age. I think it would really change our society and how we treat our bodies and our understanding of our bodies. But learn about the body and learn about about what's around us. Learn about plants and just start, you know, next time you go to a lot of the natural stores, they have an herb section. And just tell yourself, you know, this week I'm going to really get to know um, nettles. Uh, This week I'm really going to get to know lemon balm. This week, I'm, re- I'm going to start cooking with astragalus or burdock. Um, don't be afraid. These plants have been used for thousands of years. And a lot of people, you know, just think of, they think of medicine from a pharmacy. And the irony is that it's really what, maybe the 1920s when the pharmaceutical industry really took off. And it doesn't take a very intelligent mind to see the connection between profit and the pharmaceutical industry. So, yeah, uh, you can't own these plants that just are our birthright. They come up. And so to do lots of clinical studies on them and to really go deep with why they heal the way they do, you know, a lot of companies, there's not a lot of um, motivation there from a financial point of view. But each one of us, I believe, has a responsibility to, le- to learn about the plants that are here with us. We walk alongside of them every day. And when you get to know them, something happens in you. I talk about joy in my practice a lot. And one of the things that was so palpable to me when I started consuming herbs every day, I started cooking with them more, I started making infusions, I started making tinctures, I started rubbing plants on my body, inhaling plants, I became so joyful. It was kind of obnoxious. And I, I really believe that you can awaken so much of yourself by just immersing yourself in the world of plants. Like spend more time with plants, get to know them, and um, it's life-changing. This is very timely because that is my goal for this spring and summer. So good. I'm glad good. to hear this. <laughs> good. So um, we know that just throwing supplements at the problem isn't going to cut it. No. We, you could do so many different things to support yourself and the place that you're at and whatever it is that you're going through. But if you're always tired, you can't just take supplements without making sleep a priority. No. If you're always stressed and anxious, you need to be able to take a hard look at why you're always struggling with that mm. before you start just trying to attack it with all of the supplements and all of the things. So exactly. knowing it's really never as easy as taking a pill or drinking mm. some elixir and then poof, you magically all good, at what point do you feel that supplements become a Band-Aid versus mm-hmm. something that is just helping your body to function better? That's a great question, and it's one that comes up almost every day um, 
uh, in our through our customer support, phone calls, and emails, and it's something that I talk about with friends and family all the time. Um, unfortunately, from a very small age, you know, we're all introduced to that whole, like, you know, take this, and then don't you feel better? You know, there's this whole um, uh, connection to wanting a wonder drug, wanting something that just fixes all the problems, and wanting an immediate uh, solution. And, you know, whenever we approach the body that way, it's really, it's insulting. The body is so more, it's so much more complex, it's so much more deserving of a holistic, um, you know, uh, multi-directional uh, approach to things. And so I always caution people, I talk to them a lot. My favorite thing to do before anyone purchases, I love when they email us or they call because I really, if I could talk to every customer, I absolutely would. And in this first year, I'm trying to do that, even though everyone tells me I'm crazy. I'm trying to do that. And I find it very satisfying because it gives me an opportunity to say, look, I know that you want to hit the button and buy CoQ10 and turmeric um, and you want to start um, taking Hawthorne because, you know, you have blood pressure issues and your heart is not well. But if you don't look at your diet and your sleep and other things that are going on in your life, the supplements are not, they're not going to fix it. Um, it's, you really have to approach health from so many different angles and, um, and for me, you know, it, it was a struggle. After herb school, I was on such a high. And like I said, I went into my practice gung-ho and just wanting everybody to make their own medicine. And when I, years later, when I decided to start Her Vital Way, I was really conflicted because I thought, isn't this ironic that I'm actually starting a company where things are in pill form? <laughs> but I had to keep going back to my intention, which is that I'm trying to bridge the gap between the people out there who will who will never make themselves tea or an infusion or or take a tincture and who only rely on pharmaceuticals and those people that are you know out there um what is it that people say that's so silly to me earthing <laughs> you know they're out there and they're trying to to walk on the earth and they're making tinctures and I, there's a huge gap there's a huge um possibility for growth um, that needs to happen in our society, um, we need to reach all people. And, and supplements can be a wonderful way to do that because they're easy to take and people do notice a difference. And, and what happens with supplements um, that I think is so exciting is that it, it, they give people a glimmer of hope, right? So if I'm, feel, if I'm feeling lots of inflammation and it hurts to just get out of bed, how am I going to go for that daily walk that's so good for my spirit and my body and my mind, right? So if I take a supplement and it's an anti-inflammatory, a powerful anti-inflammatory like turmeric uh, with curcumin in it, and I feel enough of a difference, I feel, you know, some of that pain subsiding and then I go for my walk, then all of a sudden it's sort of like the supplements in life, they're all working um, together. They're, they're all working in a harmonious way to bring you to your ultimate goal, which is bring you back to a state of balance, which is what the body wants. So they're a wonderful component um, to any sort of healing journey. But when I see people just popping, I mean, if I really could have my way, and maybe I'll do this one day, I would send with every um, supplement that we ship out. I send out a lot of things for people to read, but I would send 
almost like a little mantra that you take before the supplement because I'm trying to get people away from that pharmaceutical knock the pill back which is really kind of a harsh and ugly way to treat the body this sort of like I'm going to just knock this back and you know not worry about and let the body deal with it. I really want people to know about what they're taking. I want to, them to visualize the area that it's supposed to help. I want them to, to really feel the difference and be connected to their body. And then take supplements in conjunction with lifestyle changes, um, you know, energetic changes. You know, we all need to harness more joy in our life. I mean, when I think about what people are doing on a regular basis all day long, and then no wonder anxiety is on the rise. No wonder, you know, an antipsychotic medication is the number one pharmaceutical, and it makes me so angry because they prescribe it to women all of the time, and it's absolutely unnecessary. Um, the activities that we are engaging in every day are not energy producing. They're not joy producing. Um, and we have to take a look at that. So no, uh, you're absolutely right. You can't just take a supplement and expect it to fix everything. Um, but when you take supplements along with other changes in your life, they can be oh, huge shifts. They can create huge shifts. You know, for example, menstrual cramps. A lot of a lot of people suffer from menstrual cramps, and then they're taking ibuprofen or they're on. It's my exact journey. I can't tell you how many women had my exact journey, and then it creates a host of gut problems, and then it delays the 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 um, our hormonal uh, maturity for a long time because it takes a long time for our hormones to mature anyway. Just when you get your period, maybe 12 years later is when you really reach full hormonal maturity and anything you do to disrupt that during that time is going to delay your hormonal maturity um and so we have people who are who are every single month taking things that are impacting their health and they're doing that for years and if i can get somebody off of ibuprofen and onto turmeric and ginger which i highly recommend for menstrual cramps and then their gut starts to change their cravings start to change their mood starts to change i mean do you see what i mean where it's like it's it's just a it's a gentle push is what it is um and it can bring about it can make those behavioral changes easier because you feel some relief um and get people off of the very things that are causing them harm so i am a big fan of supplements but they're also, just like pharmaceuticals, they can be a Band-Aid if that's how you're viewing them, if that's your relationship to them. For sure. I think everything you said is so is so right. Um, we, we definitely live in a pop-a-pill culture where there's like a pill for every oh, element. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. We don't – we never look at the, the root. We always look at – the symptom and how to mask that symptom, which effectively turns our body's communication system on mute, yeah. which then... It's silencing a, it. Yeah. yeah. It it's basically a, like telling a friend, I don't care, you know. To, for sure. Just, just be quiet. Right. And <laughs> yeah. then we wonder why we end up with disease. It's like, well, yeah. the body was trying to talk to you for the past 15 years. You exactly. just weren't listening. Exactly. But, um, you know, what's interesting is that the, the folks that I see, it's not the average American. It's really not. It's the people that are like, they've already made the diet changes. They've, they're... Yeah. they're it's like we're working on the lifestyle changes and we're totally. working on, you know, it, they're actually not taking a lot of supplements. It's funny yeah. because I feel like there's this like this bridge that I have to cross with them where I, I ex have to explain supplementation and 
sometimes, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience with when I got really sick with autoimmune disease, I I really leaned on supplements pretty heavily to pull myself out of a hole. And I think that they can be so good and so necessary for that to like – you know, like you're saying, whether it's it's just giving you the energy to do the things you need to do to get yourself healthy or if it's to get you off a prescription med or whatever yeah. it is, I think they can be they can yeah, be such tools. a tool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's so funny. We just came to the same thing. <laughs> they're, um, they're tools, and we all need our own toolbox. You know, I, I'm constantly telling people with the work that I do and in the, in the groups that I talk to, I really want to empower women. Of course, I don't, I'm not excluding men here, but this is just my focus, you know. Um, I really want to empower women to be their own health advocates and their best health friend. And, you know, that means listening to the body. It also means you've got to have a toolbox. I mean, think of the things that people naturally have in their medicine cabinet. You know, the average person, they're going to have, you know, something for a headache. They're going to have something for indigestion. They're going to have something for, uh, you know, if they get a wound or an infection. So start creating, uh, you know, sort of your own apothecary at home with with natural remedies. Have them on hand because if you have them on hand, then you're going to use them when you need them. And then also become knowledgeable of, of um of supplements that can help you. I'll give you, I'm going to give you an example, a very powerful one, just because of the opioid crisis and also because I work with a lot of people who are suffering from anxiety right now. Um, I'm a young practitioner. You know, there are practitioners like um, Dr. Lodog and Dr. Uh, Aviva Ram. There um, uh, Rosemary Gladstar, who started my school, um, Susan Weed. I'm trying to think of all the people that have impacted me. They've been practicing, you know, for 30, 40 years. Um, and, and so I am a young practitioner, but I hope I always think of myself that way so that I'm, I'm constantly learning. But if you have um, a tool for anxiety, for example, we have college students who are experiencing anxiety right now at record levels. Colleges are... Um, their hands are tied. They don't know what to do. They don't have enough uh, counselors to see the students. The waiting times are sometimes weeks out. Now, I tell you something. If you've ever had an anxiety attack, if somebody tells you, we'll see you in two weeks, it does not help. Um, Anxiety is debilitating. And uh, so somebody goes to a doctor, and this is happening all across our country, and the doctor puts them on anti-anxiety medication or um, antipsychotic medication because they think it also works for anxiety. And that is something that I single-handedly am trying to change because if that person knew of a few tools, whether they're herbal or supplemental, let me give you an example. Valerian is a wonderful herb for anxiety. I even give it to my teenage daughter who is a perfectionist, and when she just gets too anxious, she knows to have some valerian, and she now knows to go get it herself. Um, There are supplements like L-theanine that for the average person who's not going to try valerian because it sounds too weird or it smells funky, they're going to take L-theanine. L-theanine is amino acid. It's found in green tea leaves, and it crosses the blood-brain barrier and creates alpha waves in the brain. And alpha waves are like if you're in meditation or if you're not someone that meditates, if you're involved in an activity that you're really engrossed in, you're not multitasking, you don't have Instagram on, you're doing something like maybe you're kneading dough, right, Uh, or even vacuuming or scrubbing. If you're focused on one activity, your body falls into this very calm, rhythmic, centered place, and alpha waves are created in the brain, and they're they're a very focused but relaxed uh, energy. 
Um, and L-theanine has been used all over the world. It's prescribed in Europe and Asia as a, a, a remedy for attention deficit disorder. Um, and it's very safe for kids. And it works wonderfully with anxiety. I mean, I have seen such beautiful results, and it's incredibly safe to take. It's also immune-enhancing and anti-tumor. So once again, you're taking something that is helping you in other ways. And if, if you know that you have anxiety, you're going through a time where you're experiencing anxiety, and you have L-theanine, and you can take that and feel better and feel actually safe enough to go for a walk, then that supplement has, has allowed you to go out and add one more tool, right? So it's, a, it's this process of collecting things that, that bring about change and bring about balance. And I really think that we've done a disservice to our entire society by not teaching herbs and supplements in school. It is our birthright. We should know how to heal ourselves. And... Um, you know, anxiety yeah. is so debilitating. For and sure. I can't believe how many people are suffering from it right now. And nobody, so many people, they don't know what to do about it. It's, they don't know yeah. what to do. It's um, it's a big, it's a big thing for sure. Hey, we've um, we've been going for an hour and a half now. Oh my goodness! Which is our <laughs> longest podcast to date by a long slide. Kyle actually had to hop off because she had an appointment, and um, I know. But thank you so much. This is so incredible, and I'd love for you to tell to tell our audience a little bit more about where they can find. I know you have a big and exciting announcement, so where they yeah. can find your supplements. So originally we were available just online because one thing I'm really passionate about is I don't want to go into the retail space. I don't want a store to take my supplements and 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 jack the price up double or triple so that they can make a profit. I really want to make supplements accessible to everyone. I don't want it to be an elitist kind of thing. And um, and so I committed to just selling them online because then I don't have to worry about the retailer markup. But Amazon also allows me to do that. Um, I take a little bit of a cut, but nothing compared to what I would at retail. So we are now available on Amazon, which is fantastic because um, a lot of people are there. They're shopping on Amazon. So it's a great marketplace for us to reach people, and that's what we're trying to do. We're really trying to to reach people. Um, cool. And anyone can email me at any time. I may not always say this. I hope that I do, though. Um, but anyone can email me, Amy, at Her Vital Way. I try to answer every email, and most of the time I email people three and four times because it's it's that's just what is required. So please feel free to reach out to me. Um, and ask any questions about any of our supplements, why I chose them, why I chose them in the form that I did, uh, why I've combined them with something else. Uh, I, I'm happy to answer those questions. And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening every day, like get to know a new plant or introduce a new plant into your diet. Um, it's not an accident that they're here. Oh, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show. You're such a wealth of knowledge. I'm so glad we asked you on. It's an honor to have you here. And I will link to your website and all the good stuff in our show notes so people can can have access to that. Um, I personally use some of the supplements that you guys sent over, and I love them. So okay. so um, thank you, thank Amy. Thank you, Erin. It's been wonderful. And um, I've done my first podcast, and I you probably have. talked too much. I probably rambled and you all burned as I it go. <laughs> No way. But, but this good. has been wonderful, and my goal is to reach people, and so this is a wonderful way to do it. And um, I really appreciate your passion. When you reached out to me, 
I was immediately impressed with your passion and my goodness, it's, that's what we all need. We need to be passionate about life and passionate about well-being and this journey that we're all on. So for sure. bully for you, as my <laughs> Irish in-laws would say, and keep up the great work. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.